Good evening. Today is Wednesday, November 29th. We are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is There is a Solution, and our speaker tonight is Cindy W. Thank you, Cindy. Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy, and I am a compulsory eater, and I am very grateful to be here tonight. And um, so nice to be in an OA meeting and be able to share experience, strength, and hope because I've been in this program for many, many years, and I, I never imagined that I would have the recovery that I have today. So I just want to start off um, sharing a little bit about um, my story. Um, I came into my first OA meeting when I was 12 years old, which kind of tells me that I was probably born a compulsive eater. Food was the only thing that I remember as a child. Like um, my first memory was all about controlling food, getting as much as food as I possibly can, trying to see um, in my own mind, even when I wasn't eating food, you know, it was all about how I would get your food and your share and without you knowing, you know, that was all that was in my mind from a very, very young age. And my mom used to tell me stories about how I would just scream and throw tantrums and fits and cry and beg her um, when she tried to control my food and nothing helped. You know, the more people tried to control my food, the more food I wanted, the more food I ate, the more food I wanted. And it was just endless. And um, I was not ready, of course, as a 12 year old to even contemplate anything that this program had to offer but the seed was planted and I came back when I was ready and I never forgot that there was a place called Overeaters Anonymous that I can go to and um hey Cindy can I can I ask you to speak up a little bit oh sure is that better is that any better yeah thank you okay thank you um yeah so um now I lost my train of thought but um (laughs) anyways um I've been in this program now for about 24 years, um, not counting the time when I was 12. I came back when I was ready, and by then I'd ate myself up to 479 pounds. Um, I was still really, really young. I was only about 23 at the time, so it hadn't yet taken a huge toll on me physically, but mentally, food was all I thought about. I didn't have relationships. I didn't know what relationships really truly were. I didn't know how to be in a true partnership with another human being. I, um, you know, kept dropping out of school. I couldn't hold down a job. Um, I came in this program and I, I got abstinent immediately. I had just started a diet. That diet became my first abstinence. It was not the abstinence I know today, but it was a form of abstinence and it was enough. And for about a year and I lost 130 pounds and I had never in my life put down the food long enough to lose any substantial amount of weight. So that just told me that there was something special here. And I still think to this day, I thank God for that because if I would have just came here and not had any success at all, physically, mentally, whatever, I would have probably been like, well, this is just another program that doesn't work, you know? And but that was enough for me to realize that there was some magic here that I've never seen anywhere else. I, I bought all the literature. I never opened my mouth. I went to one meeting a week. I didn't let anybody in because I didn't know how to. I worked the 12 steps to the best of my ability at the time by reading the OA um, 12. Well, it was just the 12 at the time. It wasn't even the 12 and 12. And I did what I perceived it to say. Um, it's a 
very different than the 12 steps that I worked today. But again, it was enough until it wasn't. And, um, you know, I proceeded to relapse after that. And I relapsed and I relapsed and I relapsed and I gained back a lot of um, the weight. I never went back up um, all the way, um, but I gained a lot of weight and I just kept eating. And in this program, the miracle uh, of keep coming back really manifested in my life, you know, keep coming back, it works. And I kept coming and coming and coming. And I knew that there was something special here. And I knew that if I persevered long enough that I would finally get this thing, you know, and so I just kept coming. And I was always in the frame of mind of being abstinent. I had a ton of absence. It just wasn't consecutive, but I had so many 30, 60, 90 day trips, you know, I used to joke that I could play poker and, um, you know, I don't know what happened other than I got so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just woke up one day and I was like, I just could not do it anymore. My last relapse was a day and a half and I did not do a lot of physical damage at that time, but the mental torture was unbearable. You know, there's a reason that people leave these rooms because I never left. And I remember speaking at a podium one time and three people came up to me and they were like, you're always here. <laughs> like every time I come back, you are here. And that that's true. Um, but most people don't stay. Most people come back later, maybe, hopefully. We hope that they come back, right? But a lot of people leave. And there's a reason for that. It is so painful staying in these rooms and just, um, you know, not being able to do it for whatever reason. And I was the kind of person who could not walk from my car to my work to my house without a bag or a box or a bar of something. I've lost jobs because of this disease. I couldn't be a good parent. I had child protective services called on me. Um, not because I did anything hor horrific, but I was so angry. Like I would do, I would one time grab my daughter to spank her and like accidentally dropped her into a wall basically. But that would never have happened if I was not full of anger. A man came up to me on a street one time and told me, you're so angry. I would hate to be married to you. This is like a stranger, you guys. Like that's the aura I put out in the universe at the time. And I was in bad relationships that I didn't even know were bad. I broke toilet seats. I, I broke a toilet a public toilet off a wall one time I almost drowned in the ocean because I got knocked down by a wave and could not get back up and if I would have died that day it would have said drowning but it would have been the direct result of compulsory eating and I've lost jobs and I could not be a good employee I could not show up for people I could not show up for work I um, was in and out of homeless shelters and that is the life that I have when I I am in the food you know and to you know, there is a solution. There is a solution and it's the solution found in the spiritual way of life in this program. And um, I just get so touched by this program because someone like me should not be alive today. And I'll get to that later. But, you know, the very first sentence, we have Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who are just as hopeless as Bill, nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. And I think one of the most beautiful gifts that we get in this program and in this book that I get is identification. You know, anywhere in this world, I can go and I can feel like I'm at one with you guys. I don't know you guys. I, don't, I didn't even, I was so nervous to get on here tonight and like so chaotic. I'll get to that later. But um, 
I don't even know who's on this room in these rooms because it makes me more nervous to look and see who's there sometimes. So I purposely like pin my face. All I can see is my face because it makes me less nervous when I speak. And um, I don't know who you are. I have no idea who any of you are, um, but it doesn't matter. You know, I can sit in a room full of my extended family, cousins and things like that, second, third cousins, and I can feel like they're strangers and I can sit in a room anywhere in this world of compulsive eaters and feel like we're family because we are and we have this common problem and we have this common solution that binds us like nothing else you know and it talks about it talks about in, in these um, pages like the analogy about the ship's pa passengers of a um, shipwreck and you know and we have we have escaped disaster, you know, and that's such a beautiful thing. You know, it doesn't matter where you came from, where, you, where you're going, where I'm going, you know, you could be the vice president of something, a CEO of a company, and I can be someone on the street and we're all together and we're all family. And it's just like the most beautiful thing. And it says, um, and I was, I was just as hopeless as Bill when he talks about alcohol was his master, like food was my master, whatever the food wanted, I did against my will, you know, and they talk about all the different like hard eater, moderate eater, and compulsive overeater and like, the various things that can make someone stop eating if they're not the true compulsive eater, falling in love, um, um, change of environment, warnings of a doctor. I remember I had to have gallbladder surgery and this should have been a very simple surgery. And it was the direct result of my weight. And I was over 400 pounds. I was told that I might not be able to breathe on my own. I might be on a ventilator. Um, I wasn't, but there was major complications. I was in the hospital for nine days and I stopped at a buffet on the way home. That was sufficient to stop me from eating. That was not sufficient. I've I've fallen in love. I've done so many. I've done geographics. Wherever I go, there I am. You know, nothing, nothing can stop me from eating compulsively. Nothing can get in the way of my food. Um, it doesn't matter if I have the most wonderful, beautiful life or horrible, awful life. I will eat. You know, um, there's a speaker that I love that talks about, you know, how people always, oh, I, I relapsed because of this and this is the trigger and that's the trigger. And she says, my only trigger is being conscious, being awake. And I relate to that because it doesn't matter what happens, what I'm doing, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, I will find a reason to eat if there is a reason to eat. There's always a reason to eat. If I allow there to be a reason to eat, there will always be a reason to eat. And I've learned that a lot the past six months. The ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. And, you know, one thing that I find, too, in all the years that I've been in this program and all the diet programs I've tried and all the different ways that I tried to stop losing weight is, like, no one got me, you know? I remember going to this therapist who was, like, a size, like, negative three, and I'm, like you know, telling this lady, I know exactly how to eat. Like, that's not my problem. And she was like, Oh, what do you think you should eat to lose weight? And I listed, well, for breakfast and lunch and dinner, like, this is what I think I should have. And she was like, wow, I've never known anyone who knows exactly what to eat and doesn't do it. And I'm like, there you go. I'm bodily and mentally different from my fellows. 
because it has nothing to do with knowledge. Like I have so much knowledge. Like I, I could be been a nutritionist. There was a time when I really wanted to be a dietitian. And I could, to this day, look at a plate of food and tell you how many calories, how many fat grams, you know, knowledge is not my problem. Knowledge was never, ever, ever my problem. And it will never be my problem because this book tells me that lack of power is my dilemma. There is a power greater than me working in my life every day if I'm to stop eating compulsively and stay stopped. And, um, you know... Today I have 10 years of abstinence. Um, in June, it was my 10 year birthday and um, I've released over 240 pounds and my life looks nothing like it looked so many years ago and in every way possible. And I will tell you that the weight is the smallest gift that I've ever received, you know, in this program. Um, it talks about the fact that most alcoholics for reasons yet obscure have lost the power of choice. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We're unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against that first drink. All that I mean, all my life, you guys, I've been eating and eating and eating. I've been made fun of. I've been put down. I dropped out of school in seventh grade because I was bullied so bad. And today you're not, that's not allowed. But when I was a kid, it was, it was not that big of a deal. Their great um, solution to my problem was that my mom, my mommy, you know, should as like a 12 year old or whatever should come to my school and walk me, come to my school. Cause at that time they thought women had nothing to do, but stay at home all day. Um, come to my school seven, six, seven times a day to each period and walk me to every one of my classes so that I would not be bullied. And that was the solution at the time. And I got bullied. I got, you know, kicked and spit on and really degrading things done to me. And it was okay. You know, it was okay. Like nobody did anything about it. And um, that didn't stop me. You know, I wanted to be those popular girls I wanted to date I wanted to have boys like me you know I wanted all these things but it was not enough to stop me from eating you know if you are seriously alcoholic as we were we believe there is no middle of the road solution we were in a position where life was becoming impossible and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid we had but two alternatives to go on to the bitter end blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could and to accept spiritual health and I help and I read this as like life or death and to an average person like you know like spiritual help equals life and a, a good life beyond our wildest dreams <laughs> you know versus like this horrible going on to the bitter end blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation misery pain and death like it sounds really easy but it's not this is the hardest program well, not the hardest program. This is the hardest disease I've heard. I don't have any other issues. I mean, a lot of issues. I don't have any, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not, you know, all those other things. And I will tell you too, talking about like hard, hard eater and, um, you know, those different terms in the big book that they talk about. Gentle reminder of five minutes. Okay. Thank you. You know, at one time, um, I used to really like to gamble and um, you know, one time I went to Vegas and I gambled all my money and I had a, I told the people that I had a family emergency at the hotel so that they would give me my money back so that I would be able to get gas and eat. 
and then I gambled that I put $20 on my tank, ran out of gas on the freeway, had to have my then mother-in-law come get me. Like it was just a mess. Never did it again. I'm not a, I'm not a compulsive gambler, you know, with the food I've done many, many things like that. And I still continue to eat. I still continue to eat. I ate until I was 479 pounds. I was in a horrible marriage. I didn't even, I, I didn't look people in the eye. I had a horrible self of um, self-worth image. I was full of misery, misery. You know, I was living in the bedevilments. I didn't have a peace and joy in my heart. All I wanted was the food. My life was so small. I would just eat all day long. I would go to the vending machines. I would throw my daughter in the crib at, at night and just eat, pass out, wake up, have dinner, go to bed, do it all over again. It was just a very sad life. Today, life is, um, Life is hard, but life is joyful and life is tolerable. And with this program, I can get through anything. I really believe that. And I've lived that um, the past. And I will tell you, um, I just, I'm so frazzled tonight. Like I just moved. There's boxes everywhere. I can't get to my desk. I just got home from work, like literally walked in the door. Can't find my big book. So I'm like reading it on my phone with like all my notes. And it's like, it's fine. I get to turn it over to this power greater than myself that I don't always believe in. And sometimes I don't know what I believe. And I love what you guys read from We Agnostics and how it talks about being all inclusive and, and all we have to do is seek God. Um, so back in April, my partner, by the way, I met someone in, in these rooms who was also in these rooms, um, Oh, a woman and we fell in love and we got to have a beautiful life based on these 12 steps and and back in April she um just randomly fell one day and um was diagnosed with a brain tumor and um like within like seconds like life as I knew it was gone forever and um she passed away in July and then at the same time I only have three moments, but at the same time, whew, um, at the same time, I lost a lot of income. My job offered me an opportunity to relocate from California to Texas, and um, I had to take it. I had no choice. I felt like I had no choice, and um, so here we are. <laughs> um, I moved, so within you know, four or five months, I lose, I lost the love of my life. I also lost, um, as a side note that I don't share much, four days before my partner passed away, we went on vacation and my um, dog of 14 years um, was left with the daycare with the um, pet sitter. And um, I don't know, she died and um, on the trip. And I was so overcome with grief at my with my partner that I didn't really have time, you know, to really grieve my my dog. But the pet sitter swears that um, she was never around any other dogs, but they found dog bites all over her. So there's that. And I moved I moved cross country, and um, I don't know if I believe in God so much of the time. And a lot of my conversations, just, I don't even have energy, any, I always tell people nowadays, especially, I don't have energy to be fake, right? So I will tell you guys that sometimes my conversations with God is like, F you, like, I don't, you know, my sponsor's like, well, I think I will have, you know, my sponsor reminds me that, like, 
that's communication <laughs> she's like i would worry more if you didn't ever talk to god and honestly i don't know if i believe in god sometimes i don't know what i believe but this program teaches me that it doesn't matter i can still recover i can still talk to this power i could say i don't know where the hell you are who the hell you are nothing um but i can still seek and the big book teaches me that i don't even have to find i just have to seek and that is what i do every day and I will tell you that through this time, um, I bought a house. Someone like me could barely buy a carton of milk. Someone like me does not buy a house. Someone like me is in the gutter with a cardboard box and a, and a paper bag, you know, and my time is just about up. So I'll just um, end by saying that I love this program with all my heart. The last few months have been the loneliest, hardest, most painful Sometimes I don't want to get out of bed. Someone once told me I wouldn't blame you if you ate. And I said, you don't understand this program. Literally, my absence, my recovery, this program is very often the only joy I have left in my life. And that is true. And this program gives me a joy and a peace that no matter what's going on, it's there. Even though it might be this still, it is there. And without it, I don't know where I would be. So thanks for letting me share. Wow, Cindy, Holly, thank you so much. That was so moving. I'm a little choked up. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing in questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Chanel, will you share with us, please? Thank you, Meredith. Oh, hi, I'm Chanel. I'm still a grateful compulsive eater. And oh, Cindy, most of the people here don't know this. You do. Um, you were the first person I'm going to break up because of your story. I'm so sorry for your losses your losses. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad that you stayed. That is a beautiful message of hope right there that you stayed anyway, when you had every reason not to. You stayed here. You're still doing service. You're still showing up. Oh, and a move. Throw in a move to all of that. That's just, oh my goodness. Anyway, you were the first recovered big book person that I heard when I came back on my knees at the end of 2022. And you know that I, I've told you that before, but it was incredible for me because I was like, this is somebody who is what you would call a gutter alcoholic, right? Like low, low bottom alcoholic. And look how she's doing. Look at her life now. Now at that time, it was before these losses, right? But I still see that same exact person in the sense that you are clearly recovered. You're clearly here and carrying this message even when you don't feel like it. And I am sure 
that God can handle it when we say F you. I am absolutely certain in my mind, in my belief, that our higher power, whatever we call our higher power, I choose to call my higher power God, is able to handle it. And this is probably out of line, but I hope you get a dog soon. I really do. And I had a question, but I'm just too broken up. So thank you. Thank you, Chanel. Maybe we'll circle back. Um, Julie A.G., will you share with us, please? Hi, everybody. I am Julie A.G. Oh, gee. Oh, boy. Old gangster. Julie A.G., um, compulsive overeater, um, recovered one day at a time. Uh, Cindy, that was an amazing share. And yes, I am sorry for your losses, but congratulations on your move and your new life and your new job. And um, thank you again for your service and your share. Um, a lot of the things that you shared, I have never been through. So I can, I don't even think I can imagine all that you've gone through. But I do know that having this problem with compulsive overeating is one of the most horrible things that people can go through because of the fact we still have to eat. It's not like if we're alcoholic, we can stop drinking or a drug addict, we can stop doing drugs, but we have to eat. And everybody loves comfort food. We all, you know want to sit on the couch and eat until our heart's content. and But that kills some of us, a lot of us. And I'm very inspired by what you should and very thankful that, yes, you did come back and kept coming back and kept staying and kept staying. And I do wish you well in all that you endeavor to do. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Julie. Kelly S., would you share with us, please? Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you, Cindy. Um, that was very, very powerful. Um, you know, I I love hearing your story. Um, it was emotional. Uh, as somebody that's relapsed and come back into program, you just make, you just give me hope. It's like, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what I go through or no matter what is put in my path, I don't have to eat over it. Um, and I also love um, when you said, we don't have to, we don't have to find God. We only have to seek. Um, I think a lot, there's a lot of times that I just, um, I'm expecting to find something, something um, more than what I'm finding. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't know, it just gives me comfort to know that it's in the seeking, you know, and I've heard that before, but it just hit a different way tonight. So I, I thank you. Thank you very much for your share. Thank you, Kelly. Kendall M., please share with us. 
Good evening. My name's uh, my name's Kendall. I'm recovering compulsive overeater. Um, Cindy, thank you so much for your share of experience, strength, and hope. Uh, it's important for it's important for me as uh, as a hundred pounder plus to hear other people that have been restored uh, with physical recovery is important to me. But even more important than the physical recovery is hearing the spiritual recovery. Uh, the a nugget that I will take with me tonight is just a reminder of to seek that seeking is above. You know, we're only asked to seek to find our higher power in the situations. It doesn't mean that we have to know. We can't know anything. Right. Uh, and so um, also a reminder of we can be abstinent through anything, uh, through any experience that's going on in our lives. Uh, I hear the gift of desperation in your share of the sense of understanding that no matter what happens, how's your food, right? You didn't have to talk about the substance of the food, but the step one is that everything is rooted. I heard that everything was rooted in your abstinence and the connection to your higher power, that that was above all, all else. Um, it's also it was important for me to hear uh, what I really identified with as well as just reflecting in my own recovery of what I was like before recovery and what I'm like now. Uh, being being given a gift of sane usefulness, like being of service in a job. I was always a really bad employee. I was always telling other people what to do. I was a gossiper. Uh, and now... I'm a person that is trustworthy, uh, responsible, able to pay my own bills. These are gifts of the program that I have nothing to do with. It comes from the grace of my higher power. And uh, just a reminder of how to eat is to die. Just to remember that it's really binary. There's a binary situation that I'm choosing to walk towards my recovery or walk away from my recovery. And that gift, it can't be taken away from me, but I can give God my gift back just to remember that I have it. Um, so just really, your share is really powerful for me today. It came at a, at a really important time. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kendall. Lisa, share with us, please. Hey, family. My name is Lisa, and I am a compulsive overeater. What a message of hope. Your share demonstrate that there is a solution that no matter what we don't have to eat i've gone through a lot sober but i have not gone through all this stuff without the food and to hear somebody that is going through it and and not eating is very gives me so much hope gives me faith that i can do it also if i keep to this program if i make my abstinence number one, make my higher power number one. And remember each day that I am a compulsive overeater and no matter what, I don't leave. And that's what I've been doing for the past two years. I haven't left. And I, I've, I've got up to now, I've just celebrated eight months of abstinence. And to me, that's a miracle. I, I'm maintaining a 50 pound weight loss. I have never done that before. I've hit my goals and then immediately I start climbing back up, you know, so I am starting to see some of the fruits of this program. And in, in October, I went back to my uh, 
hometown for my daughter's wedding. And I had a lot of the stresses and I didn't have to pick up. You know, those are nothing like what you're going through, but those little tests. And, and as I go through stuff, my faith gets built up and my program gets stronger each time I choose the program over the food. And I just want to thank you. That was, <gasps> yeah, I never, I haven't heard, you know, I've seen some people that are pretty low bottom eaters, but yours was, I, I, your story was like that gutter alcoholic. And um, I know I don't want to go there. And I know that if I pick up that I can, you know, it runs in my family. I, I know where this disease can take me to. And I choose today to live in the solution. You know, we have that common solution. Um, and that's the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous found in the first 164 pages of our big book. That is my textbook on how to stay abstinent, but I also need the fellowship. I need to pick up these tools on a daily basis because I need it all. It's not just 12 steps. I need the fellowship. I need the tools. I need to put it all together because I will isolate on my own and I will choose to be by myself and to be by myself would lead me to the food. So thanks everybody for being here. And um, thanks for your share, Cindy. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.